The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Jesse Kanzer has been a guest on this podcast before. You might remember her from her book on the Tao Te Ching. In fact, we did an event together earlier this year on that same topic. She is a great author and so much fun to speak with. Her latest book comes out this week. It's called Unlocking Your Inner Zelensky. She was inspired by her own connections to the president of Ukraine, including being in a movie with him. So you'll get to hear more about that in this episode. She uses his life as an example of spiritual concepts that we can all use to empower, inspire, and make the most out of our lives. There is a lot of unrest in the world today. But I truly believe that anything we can do to help us get back to our spiritual center will make the world a better place. I hope that you are well. I hope that you and your family are safe. And may Jesse's message today remind you that an ordinary person can rise up and make a difference. Thank you so much for listening. Welcome to the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Nadia Dela Cruz, founder of the Wayne Dyer Wisdom Community. I'm so happy to welcome back to the show today one of my favorite guests. You'll probably remember her as the award-winning author of Don't Just Sit There, Do Nothing, Healing, Living, and Chilling with the Tao Te Ching. Her writing has appeared in many publications, including the New York Times, USA Today, and the Washington Post. A former reporter and actress, she once found herself on a set of a Zelensky film and has been following his story ever since. She's back today to talk about her new book, Unlocking Your Inner Zelensky, Jesse Asya Kanzer. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I am here for the third time, which is so exciting for me. This is the podcast I've been on the most mm. and proud of it. Wow, five times and you get a jacket. <laughs> With Wayne Dyer's face. Oh, that would be really interesting. Maybe like Wayne on one side and Ram Dass on the other. You can just oh, balance Are you kidding? Out. Are you kidding? <laughs> I mean, just speaking my language. 
Well, you know, we always have such a good time talking. And uh, like I told you earlier, I am consistently captivated by your writing. It's so funny to think back that that's how we met is that I found an article that you had written. And I reached out to you. And we've been talking ever since. And I just love to see how you're growing as a person and a mother and an author. And we always have so much to talk about. Um, but this new book is certainly no exception. It is very well written. It has a strong message. So why don't we just get started with, for anyone who might not be immediately familiar with the name, who is Zelensky? Sure. So Vladimir Zelensky is the president of Ukraine. Now, that in itself is Maybe interesting, maybe not, depending on how interested you are in global events. But um, his story, what's so fascinating about his story is Vladimir Zelensky, a person of my own era, of my own age. Um, I believe he's 45 at the, at the moment. I'm, I've just turned 42. So, you know, he's, he's our generation. So he was born in the Soviet Union, like I was born in the Soviet Union. This is where my connection with this person begins, I think, for me. Uh, he grew up, was born in Ukraine, grew up in Ukraine. Ukraine originally, in the time of his birth, was part of the USSR, the Soviet Union. The uh, same for me. I was born in Latvia, was part of the Soviet Union. Uh, my father hails from Ukraine, born into the Soviet Union. Now, the Soviet Union fell. It collapsed. So he found himself sort of an immigrant in this new land. I relate to that once again. For those who don't know, I'm an immigrant from the former Soviet Union, to New York. So he found himself an immigrant in his own land in Ukraine, suddenly free. Uh, this was 91. It became a free country. He grew up in this free, burgeoning country, starting to get to know itself as a free country, still quite controlled by Russia, close ties to Russia. Eventually, there was a revolution within Ukraine. They wanted real freedom. They wanted to cut the ties to what they saw still as a Soviet-style type of country next to them, Russia. So this man, Vladimir Zelensky, went on with his life. He um, got educated as a lawyer. However, he really wanted to be an entertainer. Again, I relate to that. I, too, wanted to be an entertainer, though I was a straight-A student. Uh, my parents wanted me to get, you know, something stable, as immigrant parents do. I wanted to be an entertainer. Well, Vladimir Zelensky wanted to be a comedian, he went ahead and became a comedian. Wasn't an easy path. I talk about it in Unlocking Your Inner Zelensky. We talk about this story. He he became a very successful comedian, but you know, the kind of comedian who, you know, plays the piano seemingly with his genitals for laughs, like, you know, like a jester. Um, interestingly, as a comedian, he also made a lot, a lot of fun of uh, Putin. Uh, fun of government corruption within his own country. It was gesturing in the way, the old way of the jester, jester who could laugh at the establishment. And so eventually he um, became a producer as well, had a big production company, very successful entertainment persona within his country of Ukraine. He uh, creates a show called Servant of the People, where he plays a very simple gentleman, a teacher who speaks out against corruption in his country, and then he is miraculously elected president. Now, this art, imitating life, imitating art, what happens is 
people start seriously thinking about Zelensky as a possible presidential candidate. So he does it. He runs. He runs. He forms a party called Servant of the People, like the show. He runs and he wins by a landslide, like unbelievable, over 70%. And so he's president. Now everyone's like all, all these op-eds in the New York Times. I mean, internationally, there are articles about like, look at this comedian taking over like a government. What does he know? He doesn't know what he's doing. You know, there's some stumbles along the way. He's not perfect. Russia invades Ukraine. War begins. Everyone says Ukraine's going to fall within days. Everyone thinks Zelensky has to get out. He's going to be killed. His family is going to be killed. He says, I'm not going anywhere. I need ammunition, not a ride. He's staying there. He sets the stage. Politicians who left come back to Ukraine. And as we now know, Ukraine has stood its ground. I truly believe, because I've been following him this whole time, that I believe, as he says, as, as the Ukrainians say, I believe they're going to uh, ultimately gain the victory of freeing their land. And this is what he's been doing day in, day out for now. It, it's it's 18 months. It's it's going to be two years um you know, in, in February. And um, he's been holding his ground. His people have been holding their ground. And so here we are. And so the miraculous thing that why it says the subtitle of my book is lessons we can all learn from an unexpected leader mm -hmm. because he was truly, truly unexpected and very much um, underestimated. And, uh, the lessons we can all learn from that is what this book is. Mm -hmm. You know, when I um, heard that you had written this book um, about Zelensky, I really had no idea what to expect. Like I had seen him in the news. Obviously, there were a lot of people here in the United States that were pulling for the people of Ukraine that were put into this seemingly impossible situation. And it's, I think, yeah, a lot of people did just expect them to fold, especially with a, a new president who was just seen as this comedian, like, what is he even doing here? But obviously, there's there's more to him than that. There's more to all of us than that, um, which is, I imagine, part of what inspired you to, to write this. And so having had a chance to read your book, um, I, I was really moved by how you took all of these um, lessons about an approach to life that are really kind of universal and used his life and his story and his visibility as an example of here's what this can look like. And it kind of ties us all back together. And of course, it's personal too, um, as your last book was on the Tao, where you shared so much of your life. This similar background that you have together. Um, and I was just really moved by how you articulated the inspiration that he presents to all of us. And they're still in this Thank war, you. and I feel like we don't really hear about it so much anymore. As news stories do, they rise and they fall, and they, they obviously, they still need support. They still need military help, probably. Um, what What's going on with the war now? So... It is, okay, so it's not the counteroffensive, for those who don't know, the counteroffensive is something Ukraine prepared for for a long time, uh, where instead of just defending the land Russia was trying to take from them, they're going on the offensive to try and take the land back from Russia. 
the land that is Ukraine, trying to get it back. So now they're not defending anymore. They're on the offensive. Now, is it going as fast as um, global powers would like? No. Uh, Zelensky has spoken out about this and he said, listen, we gave them a lot of time. We were waiting on weapons from the West. You know, this is a country that they signed agreements with Russia that were backed by the free world where they gave away their weapons in exchange for a guarantee of sovereignty. And obviously we see that those agreements didn't amount to anything. So they needed help. They wanted to stand up for, for their own freedom and sovereignty. They needed help. Slowly, America, other European countries, other NATO countries have been giving them that help, but it's slow coming. And because it is slow coming, Russia has had a lot of opportunity to, for example, mine the area that Ukrainian soldiers need to cross in order to take back the land. So there's unbelievable hurdles and obstacles. Unbelievable. If you really think about it, you're like, how is this ever going to happen? They're never going to be able to get it back, which is the panicky side of me. That's just how I react to things in general in my own life too. But because, you know, I write I write the books that I need to read is the truth. <laughs> you know, I'm a neurotic uh, child refugee. I'm not a calm person. And in writing this book, I've been able to apply some of Zelensky's own lessons. He said, victory takes patience. Mm. We know that it's going to come. We don't know how long it'll take. And his, you know, his approach has been from the beginning. We know, we know that, we are going to be, continue to be, ultimately always be the free people of a free Ukraine. Mm -hmm. However, this is going to take time and it's going to take patience. And we need to take care of ourselves and we need to, you know, we need to prepare for the long haul. Like, you cannot expect this to be one overnight, sadly. I mean, the fact that we have this level of war in general is, is a very sad um, reality that... I know me and I'm sure you and all of us spiritual people have had to accept the fact that there's, you know, we thought we, we know that conflict still happens in the world. I understand that. But I thought like, oh, you know, this is the Western world. This is Europe. This is, you know, World War II was a long time ago. This won't happen again. And here it is. And so the reason I really wanted to uh, write a t sort of book where anybody can pick it up and uh, you don't have to be leading your country through a war to to take uh, some lessons and some gems from this is because I one of my favorite quotes is, a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. <laughs> so if we're, you know, nobody wants war, not in our circle, not in your listeners' uh, circles, um, and yet war is. Yeah. And so... Where Ukraine is right now uh, in this war, well, we're only going to know in hindsight is the truth. Yeah. But but I've believed since listening to him, and I listen to him several times a week. You know, he speaks nightly to his people, mm -hmm. available everywhere. Like, you watch it on social media. He's very communicative. And I believe on the path to victory. On the path to victory. Mm -hmm. So if you ask, where's Ukraine? On the path to victory. Mm -hmm. I'm always impressed by his calm demeanor. You know, he inspires such confidence. And I think we look for that in our leaders. I think we we yearn for that here, maybe. Um, 
like Wayne Dyer for me was that kind of a leader. He wasn't a political leader, um, but his lessons and his confidence was really calming no matter what was going on in the world. Um, I still find reading his books and listening to his lectures to be very reassuring. There's always lessons in there that apply to what's going on. I definitely saw some overlap um, with the lessons here, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But, but the unlikely leader, and I remember hearing about one of the things that was different with Zelensky was that he was showing up where people would see him meaning he was on social media. And that wasn't something that was common at the time. He was showing up on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube. And then when the war hit, he started doing nightly videos. I mean, can you imagine the president of your country coming onto social media every night in, you know, casual military clothes he's got his army t-shirt on you know coming on going this is where we are this is what's happening knowing that this is going to help people feel connected united um, reassured this that this simple act can boost confidence and you can imagine his life must be so busy pulled in all these different directions he has children that he barely gets to see, partly because of safety issues. And yet he shows up day after day after day. And I'm so impressed by the way that he did understand the plight of the people. And I think that's the whole reason why he ran is because he was voicing what so many people of Ukraine were feeling about this the leaders don't really represent us and politics are a joke and this isn't going to make any difference. And you just pick, you know, the lesser of two evils. I mean, this isn't, this isn't just a, a story of Ukraine. I mean, this is our story too, you know, that how many people feel that way about politics and to really get inspired to um, feel like you can make a difference is, is what it comes down to for me. Yeah, you're spot on because this is not just Ukraine's story. I mean, we're, we struggle with this as well. And uh, I think that the reason, you know, there's a poll recently and people from both sides, Republican and Democrat, much higher ratings for Vladimir Zelensky than from any of our own leaders, including the president or presidential hopefuls. And um even though the war in Ukraine has become politicized here as everything becomes politicized here, like the left thinks this, the right thinks this, and it always, you know, it always gets pulled into two separate directions and people get annoyed. People get annoyed with, um, you know what it is? I don't think that anyone in my history as as an adult, um, so I would say in your history as well, uh, as we are peers, I don't think anyone's just come on and spoke truth, just spoke truth, simply truth. And you know, Zelensky said in so many of his speeches since getting elected, he said, I'm just an ordinary person who has come to break down the system. Over and over, he would say, we are each the leader of our times just a regular person. We are each leaders. We are each responsible. And he really 
does show up as a regular person. I understand, you know, and I know that since you read a lot of the book, like I talk a lot about this, that he is extraordinary in his ordinariness because he's not trying to be something he's not. Mm -hmm. He's saying, here I am, just a regular person. I will tell you how it is. I'm not going to sugarcoat it, but I will tell you why we still get to have hope and why we're still going to be victorious. However, stuff's, it's not easy. And it's not going to be easy. And so he just shows up and tells the truth, shows up and tells the truth, shows up and tells the truth, putting his ego aside. And we've not had that. Sadly, we've not had that. And so part of the book, part of the reason behind this book's existence is, well, if we don't have that right now in our own spheres, can we be that? To whatever degree, can we be the leaders we're yearning for? Whether it's just leading our family, leading within our community, how can we be that very leader, that inner Zelensky, you know, that leader that we want to see, the leader that we're so inspired by? That's what I found so, so palpable in his teachings and his speeches. How can we also take that responsibility and own our own power, own our own power to affect lives? Mm -hmm. It took me by surprise, too, to realize that he's about the same age as we are. And I was like, oh, my gosh. It, like, I can't imagine you, being the president of a country right now, you know? <laughs> but you know what's so funny? There was a time when he didn't imagine being a, a, a you know, yeah. a president of a country either. He said his dream was to be like a Hollywood, you know, to, to win an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Like, his dream was, it was a completely different dream. And so, and that's another lesson that I talk about in the book that really stands out for me is, rising to the occasion that's presented to you. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to do this. He really didn't. He didn't have to. I mean, he was a success. He didn't have to rise to this powerful position within his country. And yet he did have to. He felt that he had to. And so he did. And he shows up where he feels he is called. And we each can do that. And, you know, before the call, that's what you and I spoke about. We just, we're busy moms, busy raising our kids and but we each have goals beyond that. And all we can do is show up yeah, and keep showing up and continue to keep showing up. I was going to ask if uh, Zelensky's popularity is tied to his visibility, right? The fact that he keeps showing up, you keep seeing him. But then I think you just answered it, is that it was his authenticity. It's not just that you could see him. Because if you see somebody and they seem very guarded and very political and they're not really... I don't know, they're just they've got those very carefully crafted talking points and everything. And you're not going to you're not going to feel that their heart is in it. So I think it doesn't inspire confidence. So I think that's for all of us that yes, showing up to show up, but show up with authenticity and show up with well, compassion. Yes, oh, the compassion part is huge. I mean, the compassion part. So this is I think where he does such a great job with the a huge challenge is how can you have this huge responsibility of leading a nation? How can you be this very powerful person in the world and still keep your heart open? And he does, he does. He shows up where people are, where the soldiers are, you know, are really needing morale, a boost. He shows up in hospitals. Like he just day after day, he, yes, he shows up on social media and he also shows up in person where his people need him. And he shows up with his eyes full of tears and warmth. And I think that, you know, you mentioned Ram Das, who I'm a huge fan of as well. He spoke a lot about keeping your heart open. How can you 
really witness the suffering of the world and not close your heart. And that's a challenge for all of us. And he's so he's been able to do that, keep his heart open, especially during war. Of course, that's like the ultimate example of us versus them. And anytime you make that separation, then, you know, everything's kind of lost. I heard that he would do some of his speeches in Russian as well so that the people of Russia could also understand him because he really like wants everybody to come together. I could see um, in some of the interviews that he was like, you know, battling his own feeling of hatred towards the enemy. Of course. Of course. And, you know, it's obviously understandable that when you have children dying, um, innocent people, and because the your neighbor's throwing missiles um, haphazardly at civilian areas daily, I can understand how the anger rises within you. But he has always spoken about, look, as a father, I feel such anger. Of course I do. But I also, I have to have my country's future in mind mm -hmm. and I have to put it aside. I know that at one point I will have to put it aside because, you know, Russia is always going to be our neighbor. Mm -hmm. They're our neighbor. So we're going to need to figure out how to live together. So he understands that. Yes, he's a very smart person as well. You know, I, I wanted to share a quote with you from one of his advisors that I think um, speaks very well as to why, why he's successful, why he's successful representing his people. Uh, his advisor said he has a performer's sixth sense of what people want. In a time of crisis, he is a lens that channels the energies of the people into a single beam of light. Mm. And to me, when I read that, I realized, so no, it's not an accident that this performer became perhaps one of the best wartime leaders that ever was. It is actually, he used his skills and intuition as a performer mm -hmm. to become that very leader. Yeah. Embrace all of what you are, bring all your gifts to the table instead of trying to compartmentalize everything. I want to share a quote from your book about one of these lessons, which says, faith in our own abilities, in our limitlessness is a timeless affair. It's a constant. If we keep the faith regardless of what is or isn't happening and we keep going, eventually the limitlessness triumphs. This is what shaped the life of Vladimir Zelensky long before any of us knew who he was. It would have been so easy for him, just like anyone, to be like, I'm only one person. Even if you're elected president, right? You could be like, I'm only one person. How much can I do? How much does it really matter? Do we really have to show up for this video tonight? Do we really have to do this? Do we really have to talk to the people? Do we really have to try this hard when, you know, the odds are not in our favor? Maybe we should just get out of here. So, um, yeah, having faith in yourself comes before the rest of the world seeing what you're capable of. You have to believe in yourself first. Yeah, and when I, um, you know, when I took on this project, this book, and I looked back at his life, I was surprised myself by some of the stories. So, for example, you know, as a kid growing up in post-Soviet um, Ukraine, the specific city where he he lived, Krivayrik, it was, you know, it was, it was a tough time for that country, and it was a lot of crime and gangs and... So he's trying to just, you know, kind of perform. So he took his guitar out into the street, just trying to perform because that's was his yearning from an early age. And so thugs 
came by and broke his guitar into pieces. And it's easy at that point to be like, what's the point of me even trying? Like, this, where I live sucks. There's no opportunities. And there were. There were very few opportunities. And it's easy to throw in the towel. But his impulse, lucky him to be born with this kind of, um, you know, this kind of stature, his impulse was to laugh and say, well, I guess they're not ready for my talent yet, you know? Yeah. And that's what he did. He laughed it off. He brushed it off. And so what I understood was, okay, by the time he got to where we all see him, mm -hmm. he has had to believe in his limitlessness so many times. He had had to believe in himself and continue to go after his dreams regardless of what people thought. You know, his own parents were like, listen get a law degree, get a normal job. What you're trying to do is not very likely to happen. Mm -hmm. And so, but he went on anyway. He just, he was always able to connect to that limitlessness that I think any person of great success has to. Yeah. I found that personally really inspiring because I think it's easy to tell ourselves that, oh, well, I'll feel like I'm good enough when when some outside source validates that for me or tells me, oh, you're important and we need you to do this, or this is going to make a difference. Like you have to believe that first. I have another quote here from your book, which says, people who have done this, who have achieved greatness, whatever their arena, usually discovered and committed to their limitlessness before the world had confirmed it for them, before they went from homeless to Harvard or became a superstar or an employed immigrant or President Zelensky. It's all about how we see ourselves. And it keeps coming back to this for me, that the way that we exist in the world, the way that we show up for others, the way that we make choices, which changes everything for us, starts from how we see ourselves and what we believe about our place in the world and even just you know is the world a, a friendly place or a hostile place and those kinds of lessons have been so key for me in having faith in the goodness and the possibility and that things are worth doing and I was also thinking, as you were saying that, thank you for reading the quote, I was thinking how in line that is with the teachings of Wayne Dyer, who mm -hmm. I know was the original inspiration for your podcast, but that's what he always said. And by the way, another very unlikely success story, you know, well, a lot of a lot of people of right, of the, his background of foster kid and, uh, you know, a lot of people do not, <laughs> do not get anywhere near to where he got to. So I think... I think it's interesting that anyone who teaches this, who teaches this belief in yourself before you see it uh, mirrored in the world, they've had to learn it from a place of having to do it for themselves. Mm -hmm. Like you, you know that when you're Wayne Dyer, when you're Vladimir Zelensky, you know that in your bones because that's what you had to do. That's what you had to figure out how to do for yourself. It didn't come from getting things easily. So, or you, you know, I, I take their word for it. Yeah, or you <laughs> prove it to yourself along the way. Um, you know, one of my favorite stories that I think of about that is 
Well, obviously, this wasn't modeled for, for Wayne Dyer. I think he was the first person in his family to go to college or maybe even finish high school. He didn't do great with high school, honestly. I think he just he wasn't um, motivated because he's so smart and he's such a scholar, but high school wasn't really his thing. He came back from a couple years in the Navy and he applied for Wayne State University and they didn't want to let him in because he didn't have a good transcript for that. Um, there was a, a counselor who took a chance on him and gave him provisional acceptance into the college. So depending on how he did in his probably his first quarter semester was going to determine of whether he could continue. But he was he knew that this was what he wanted to do. He had made that decision while he was stuck on the boat, you know, and that this is what he was going to do. He believed it. He saw it for himself. And he showed up to his classes every day, you know, never missed one, never was late, pen in hand, ready to go. You know, he was just absorbing everything. He was so grateful to be there because he had this vision for himself. And long before he became even a professor, much less the author that we know him to be, he could see that for himself. And he had to hold that vision because even his first publisher had a different vision for him. And he could have so easily been swayed to be a different kind of author. But this is who this is how he wanted to to show up in, in the world. And one of the big things that he talked about, of course, is being a no limit person. So one of the, right. the quotes that you have here is just completely in line with that, which says about Zelensky, watching him along with the rest of the world, I realized his unwillingness to heed limits was key. It spilled over from his belief in self to his belief that everything is possible. I get chills from that because, I mean, Wayne is obviously not the only person who could teach this to somebody. It's just where I got it first. He got me when I was young. I discovered him as a teenager. So I'm grateful that that seed was planted. Zelensky's planting that seeds for people today, too. And you also say he gleaned a reality in which he, an ordinary person, as he called himself, could rise up and make a difference. I just think that the world is going to be looking at him for, for a very long time to come, long past my days here. And so I felt, you know, I say in the book, um, I didn't think, I, this isn't the kind of book that I would have normally written. Because I could have lived my whole life and not write about war. <laughs> right. um, and, you know, what What happened was, I, I forgot to mention, um, for anyone who doesn't know, and many people don't, why would they? <laughs> but, I, you know, I talked about this in my first book. What happened was I had one chapter in my first book, and don't just sit there, do nothing, a book about the Tao, a book very much inspired by the work of Dr. Wayne Dyer, who also loved the Tao and lived by the Tao. And... I have a chapter called, um, well, the, the, a section within the chapter is called My Zelensky. And people, when I wrote that chapter, people didn't know globally who Zelensky was. And this chapter is about how I crossed path with him once. Um, I was an actress, an actress waitress in New York. And he was filming his first feature film, very first feature film. He was just one of several megastars on it. It was like, 
him and uh, this a uh, few other people from former Soviet republics. So he was sharing. It wasn't just even just him on the billboard. He was sharing it with other people. His first big feature film being shot in the Big Apple. It was called No Love in the City. And it was about Russian expats kind of hanging out and partying in New York. And so they needed some Russian-speaking actors. I was one of them. And so that's when we first crossed paths. This was 2009. Mm. And now we're speaking in 2023. And so in that time, when I when I first learned that he was elected president, that's when I started really paying attention to him. That's when I started really paying attention to, hey, this person was just a person like me. Sure, he was a little above me in his acting career, but now he's the president of a nation. And then, wow, he's the president of a nation that's, you know, keeping freedom alive for really all of Europe, if you look at it, you know, the way that he's keeping this sort of tyrannical power at bay. And so he did this in such a short time. If you think about the span of time between 2009, when he was just making his first feature film, to 2023, where he's, you know, arguably the most famous person alive or the most, you know, uh, esteemed person. And you realize that, yeah, if he could do that, everything is possible. (laughs) It's like, who am I then to give up on my own little dreams mm-hmm. if that's possible right mm-hmm. and and so i realized that this book had to be written because i just wanted these lessons to be um watered down a bit away from the politics and uh, away from just the war speak mm-hmm. and for people to understand that these are things that any one of us any one of us ordinary persons can use on a daily basis mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you nailed it. <laughs> Thank you. We can all unlock our inner Zelensky, unlock our Dr. Wayne Dyer. We can all unlock that, that you know, that genius, that guru, that capable being within us. Yeah. I mean, that was definitely Wayne Dyer's message, too, which is one that I'm still trying to get out to people is that, you know, he didn't He didn't talk about his own life to be like, oh, look at how miraculous my life was. He talked about the synchronicities in his life going, this happens to all of us. All you have to do is look for it. If you're paying attention, it's happening all the time. And what manifests in your outside world starts from within. It starts from what your thoughts are and your thoughts are coming from your beliefs. And if you never stop to examine or question these core beliefs in your life, they, um, you know, they might lead you down a path that you don't really want to be on. So if you look at your life and you're like, this is a mess. What am I doing here? I don't like anything about my life. Well, if you can take radical responsibility for that, only then do you have the power to make a change. You're absolutely right. And uh, the other thing I learned from Wayne Dyer uh, was to pay attention, Mm. to pay attention to life, that life speaks to us and we got to pay attention. And so it's interesting to me, I think that I knew pretty early on that I had to write about Zelensky Mm -hmm. because I wrote about him, you know, it's also how I broke through as a early writer who was writing for, for newspapers and magazines. My first big piece was for the LA Times and I wrote, I was I was once in a movie with the Ukrainian president. So when he was first elected, that's where the story was first told. And so then I had this chapter in my first book, and Don't Just Sit There, Do Nothing. I had this chapter 
Uh, it was called Use It, by the way. It was called Use It um, about this Taoist teaching that not to waste anything, to use everything mm-hmm. that's given to us, which is which is which goes along with that quote I shared that cri- a crisis is a terrible thing to waste. <laughs> and so I used Zelensky as an example. When I wrote that, there was no war. I just wrote yeah. about how he was able to use his life to propel him forward. And so when that book came out, the war just began. It literally came out a couple of days. It came out March 1st. The war began February uh 24th, I believe. I mean, it's in the book, but for February 24th or 22nd, one of those. But so anyway, the the book came out and then I was doing interviews for the book and everybody wanted to talk about me being in a movie with Zelensky. Yeah. And I kept watching him and I thought, okay, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta write a book about him, about his teachings, about what he's showing us. And, you know, really inadvertently, Whereas Wayne Dyer was really the spiritual teacher, what I was able to kind of put forth in this book is like, you know what? Here's a spiritual teacher in another form. He's yeah. given to us, to the world. We got to look at him. He's not he's not presenting himself I'm like here to teach you spiritual stuff. Mm-hmm. But if we look at him in a philosophical way, we see that, that actually that's what he is. And so really funny synchronicity, I think Wayne Dyer and everyone who loves him would appreciate. So, okay, I wrote this book. You know, I'm really proud to have it published by St. Martin's. Um, It's a big publisher. I feel like, oh, you know, I've made it. I've made it. So here's this book being published. I I have an audiobook version. By the way, Unlucky Inner Zelensky, available in audio. So I had to help pick a narrator. I listened to a couple of voices. Really loved this one woman. She had a Ukrainian heritage. I thought that was cool. You know, she fits in to this message. And so she did a great job. She narrated the heck out of this book. And then she wrote me to tell me how much she related to the message within it. And then she told me that her now husband was at the time of that first movie, the movie where I crossed path with Zelensky, her husband was a cameraman Uh. on that very movie. (laughs) It all comes full circle. So that was that little... Right? It was a cute little synchronicity. It was like, okay, all right, I picked the right person. I did the right... You know, I felt like, okay, I'm doing... I'm following the breadcrumbs. I'm just doing my thing. And that's enough. That For that moment, that was enough of a satisfaction for me. I, I was able to let go of like, I want this book to do well. I want people to buy it. I want people to learn from it. I was able to let go of all that and be like, I'm at the right place at the right time. Yeah. I just really felt that synchronicity. Oh, I love that reminder because that, that pops up for me. Um again and again. But in between, it's so easy to be like, oh, it's just the grind and what's on my to-do list and how am I going to get from here to there? And then you have one of these moments and you go, like, what was I worried about? Like, obviously, everything's connected. Something bigger is moving the pieces around. I mean, I cannot lay claim to all of the synchronicities that have led me to where I am in my own life, not just in a career sense, but with meeting my husband and my beautiful children being born and the experiences that I've had that have led up to where I am now and what I'm passionate about. But we need those reminders and we see them when we get quiet enough uh, to notice. Um, now I really want to listen to the, the audio book. Is that coming out? It's, when does your book release, by the way? So my book is out on October 24th. Okay. Tuesday, October 24th. And yes, everything is available. You know, it's available on ebook, Kindle, uh, paperback, or audiobook. 
Discover a new relationship and approach to life through the space between. Join spiritual teacher Brittany Mondito for a moment of silence, a weekend workshop May 24th to 26th at Omega Institute's beautiful campus in Rhinebeck, New York. Everything we're searching for lies behind what we're running from, Brittany says. Reconnect with your inner sense of safety, grounding, and centeredness. Learn more today at eomega.org slash thrive. This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming only on Hulu. So some of your, I think, chapter titles give a nice little glimpse of how you pulled all of these different um, spiritual lessons, but also it's just kind of about being human, you know, it's just kind of about a path to life, which I suppose spirituality at its core is so simple. It's just an awareness that we're more than this body. There's an awareness that there's a deeper energy to all of us that existed before we were born and goes on afterwards. If we can stop even for a moment to remember that there's more going on than what meets the eye. And I think so many of us have had that experience of feeling our loved ones who have died, that feeling that they're still with us or having a dream visitation or something. If that's not confirmation that our energy continues and confirmation that we are souls in a human form, then I don't know what is. So spirituality to me is so simple. It goes into everything. Um, That's a side note. But it does, it it bugs me that people believe that there's spiritual things and non-spiritual things. And spirituality... I agree with you completely. Yeah, it's really just this awareness that you bring to everything everything. you do. I mean, you can be, you know, a circus performer. You could be a cab driver. You could be... Um, you know, somebody who writes the notes at the meetings in an office, like whatever it is, and that that's not spiritual or non-spiritual. It's just an awareness that you bring to, the, to it. So I, I almost hesitate to label your book as spiritual because it spirituality is in all of us, but these are more like lessons for life. Anybody can. How may I serve? Know your purpose. Know your audience. Just be real. Speak the truth to everything. Love that one. Children as guideposts. Mm. Unstick yourself from fear to love. Decide with courage. Be the link. Remember the whole is greater than its parts. Micro, macro manifestation. As within, as above, so below, right? Create faith. Use your energy wisely. One brick at a time. Choose contentment. Like these are lessons that even if you took Zelensky off the table... This would still be a great book. But with Zelensky, I feel like it's relatable. It's current. It's something that people are thinking about and seeing. And such a beautiful example that we can take these lessons. And I really love that you went from the Tao to Zelensky, right? Because you could have been, well, I don't know. Is this is this off brand for me? Is this, I don't know, like... 
is this what people are going to expect from me or not? But I feel like you could see the vision and you were getting those synchronicities that were saying, you know, go this way, go this way. Now, I know everything is connected. Oh, and I didn't want to. By the way, I didn't even want to. Because I didn't want to start writing a book right away. I was tired and, you know, I have the kids and I didn't want to, but I, I knew that I had to, you know? Yeah, I feel you. I feel you. We're, we're, we're busy moms. But there must be some overlap, right? Because everything's connected. So did you find some commonalities between the lessons of the Tao Te Ching and the examples that you present in this book about Zelensky? Absolutely. I, um, I fully believe that the truth is one. And it could be just stated in many different ways and many different facets. And I guess my hope for this book, for for Unlocking Your Inner Zelensky, this latest book, is that perhaps it will reach people who aren't necessarily spiritually minded. Mm-hmm. As you said, we're all spiritual, right. whether we know it or not. But uh, it can just reach people who are just living. You know, it, it can reach people as a leadership book or a personal development book or just a book for someone who's interested in Zelensky because... The truth, I mean, everything within this book actually lines up with everything within the Tao Te Ching. And, you know, interestingly, as much as I didn't want to write about war, but war was, well, the Tao Te Ching mentions war and and the Bhagavad Gita, which is one of the most famous Hindu teachings, takes place in war. And when I reread the Bhagavad Gita recently, uh, Bhagavad Gita is another Eastern uh, Eastern book, very similar for me to the Tao Te Ching and that its lessons, if you really look at its lessons, they're just eternal. They're very relevant now. And the Bhagavad Gita is just a conversation taking place between God, uh, Krishna, and who is God, um, and and this this guy, this prince, Arunya, who does not want to fight in a battle that he has to fight in. Mm-hmm. And so he doesn't want to be in this war, and yet he is in this war. And t- so a lot of the Tao Te Ching is about accepting what is, not fighting what is, accepting and going with it, with that flow of life, with what is. And the Bhagavad Gita is about that very acceptance, that acceptance of even a war that you must fight in. And Zelensky, to me, is a big, great example of this acceptance and going from there, this acceptance of your position, of what you're called to, and then making the best of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, we find ourselves in circumstances that we don't choose, but our choices and how we respond to those circumstances. I mean, how different would his experience have been? I'm sure this is not what he was expecting. Like, I know he wanted to go in and change the system. He wanted to be a better representative of of what people really wanted and needed in their lives. And then it's like, I don't even know how much of that he got to do because he was called to something much more painful, something more dramatic that um, maybe was actually what he was there for. Maybe he was meant to be the one to guide this country through the war. Um, So all my thoughts and prayers to the the people of Ukraine. Um, Did you see the interview he did with David Letterman? I did. I did. I think that's one was, of my good. that's one of my favorite David Letterman interviews and it's so funny because they were recording 
in the underground uh, was it subway or train station. Subway. Mm-hmm. And you're hearing the trains the going by the because that was the safest place. And at one point, even during their conversation, you hear like the sirens going off in the streets above. And Letterman's like, uh, what does that mean? He's like, oh, you know, it means that the war is not over. And he's like, well, what should we do? And he's like, nothing. Nothing. (laughs) And David Letterman's like, you know, if anybody else told me that, I'm not sure it would be comforting. But from you, I believe you. So he like, he could sit easy. But yeah, how unsettling to think about the realities of the war. And I remember in that episode seeing how they had brought some of the the tanks and like a destroyed vehicle and things from other parts of the country because in that main city a lot of people felt removed from the fighting and they brought that in as a reminder of like this is something that we're still going through and it's not going to be over until until you know all of russia is out of ukraine they have the the country back yeah and at this point there are no people left who haven't been touched. Um, you know, I yeah. still have some relatives in, in Ukraine and because so many people have been called to fight as soldiers. And these are people who were writers, poets, teachers, um, regular a, lot, people, a lot of right? lost people, a lot of, a lot of regular people, just like Zelensky, regular people called to positions much bigger than themselves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so I kind of looked at it in rereading the Bhagavad Gita. I I looked at this as a kind of a modern Bhagavad Gita, mm. like a, like a being lived right now. Yeah, and um, I have this just I have this very iron belief that they will triumph because I listen. <laughs> I listen regularly to Vladimir Zelensky, and he's able. My God, he's able to channel that. He's able to give that maybe the most important thing that the soldiers and the and the citizens need, and the rest of the world, the rest of the world that's helping, that's supporting. Maybe what's most needed is that confidence, and he's been able to carry that forth. So I think you're right in what you said before that perhaps all along the greater picture that he didn't see, that we didn't see, that nobody sees, was him using his great skills as a speaker. Uh, as a performer, as a, as a person who can, who can command crowds, that is what was needed the most is for somebody to be able to do that day in and day out, whether with other governments or with his own citizens, with, with hurt soldiers. So what was needed was this master communicator that he is. Mm -hmm. And so isn't it bonkers if you really think about it, that, the exact person who could do what he does is in that position right now. Yeah. Makes you wonder what, you know, makes you wonder about all the, all the bigger than us machinations, you know? Yeah. Everything happens for a reason. Cause the, these things you couldn't have really planned them. Cause who would know that this is how things were, were going to go. Um, yeah. It's very moving to think about that and how young he is for what he's doing and how, he really came up in a different industry and we love to peg people in these roles. You know, that's part of that ego of you are what you do. You are what you have. You are, you are what other people think of you, but actually what you think of yourself is that defining role in your life that even if it hasn't manifested in the outer world yet, if you can grab a hold of that vision of who you are, and what you're capable of as an unlimited 
spiritual being, then what's going to hold you back? You know, we hear stories of that all the time. I was seeing that about, um, you know, in the world of tennis, like people that were winning that nobody expected to win. And it's like, you know, they receive all this criticism and you can't, you can't listen to that. You have to listen from that's exactly you can't listen to you can't listen to that you can't listen to that that's a great lesson for someone like me I'm very sensitive mm-hmm. um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out on a limb and say you are as well <laughs> that is correct I, I could just an empath sees an empath yeah and so I, um, I think that um, as a as a super sensitive person putting yourself out there can be really wounding when someone doesn't get what you're doing, mm-hmm. when someone gives a bad review, when someone doesn't understand what you're trying to do and doesn't see it. And that could be crushing. And then you remember all these people, like you said, like in every walk of life, the people who really rise to the top, it's not that they weren't criticized. It's not that they weren't torn down. It's not that they had no hurdles. It's that they were able to go within and listen to that message, to that strength and that self-belief and make that louder than everything else. Yeah, hold on to that vision for themselves. There's no shortage of examples. I mean, Oprah Winfrey is another very obvious example that everybody was telling her no and she didn't have a good speaking voice and she wasn't good on camera and somebody thought she couldn't interview people. And I mean, look at her career. It's like if she had listened to them, then she, she would have just stopped. So I think if we believe in ourselves and we keep going and we bring all of ourselves to the table, even if people think that it belongs in a different compartment, there's no limit. There's no limit to what we can do. And, and, and paying attention and paying attention, which I remember Wayne Dyer talking a lot about too, this ability to, to see what life is trying to show you. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's interesting, right? I feel like it's this kind of balance of like this great belief in yourself and also a surrender to life. It's like these two mm-hmm. things. That's what the Tao talks a lot about, these, this paradox. this, um, And we see that with Zelensky as well, the surrender to the moment, the surrender to the moment and bringing yourself to that moment as well. It's, it's those two things. When those two things are able to come together, I mean, that's how we get a Zelensky and an Oprah and, and a Wayne mm-hmm. Dyer. Detach from outcome, but still be present with what is and... I think that's a tricky point of that balance between, you know, are you so focused on on what you're imagining that you want to create for yourself that you're not leaving space for what is and then you can't pivot? Or are you so down on yourself that like, oh, it's hopeless, you know, because you're not seeing the proof of that yet? You have to live somewhere in the middle where you hold the vision and then you let it go. Hold the vision, let it go. Hold the vision, let it go. But without ever letting go of that belief in yourself. Yeah, constantly. And you know what's interesting is the another paradox that I see, that I w- was able to see by just viewing Zelensky closely, right? By, by like putting this magnifying glass on Zelensky, I was able to see it within him. And yet it also exists with anyone who's reached greatness, is that he has this belief in his own limitlessness, his mm-hmm. own ability, and yet he remains absolutely humble. And you could say, well, how could a person who believes he can achieve anything also be humble? Mm-hmm. And he's humble because he just understands his place, his purpose. And he doesn't um, he doesn't aggrandize himself and like 
you know, let his ego take the better. Uh, he says, you know, I'm doing my thing. This is what I'm here to do. Everybody has a thing. We're each the leader of our time. We're each able to bring our best to to whatever situation we're being called to. Mm-hmm. And so that allows him to stay humble and to, you know, one of the things he he said was, I can't afford to be less or worse than my own people. Mm. He really finds inspiration within his own people. And then, well, then he has to rise to the challenge. Yeah. And I think that we can all do that by looking at those around us who are doing amazing things. We can say to ourselves, well, I, I can't afford to be worse than that I can't afford to give up on myself because well look I see Nadia doing this and she's a mom and she's homeschooling her kids and she's still able to go after what 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 she wants to do so how can I just throw in the towel because it's hard you know Mm -hmm. yeah yeah I mean when you have a sense of community and maybe that's not even you know limited to your neighborhood or your country but just people that you connect with and who inspire you. Um, that goes a long way. And that Zelensky obviously used that as motivation, as that bringing people together and setting an example. And then you see other people following suit. So you could say that for us as well, right? Somebody's going to look at what we're doing and go, oh, you know what? She sounds like me. I could write a book. I could do a podcast. I could follow whatever it is that I'm passionate about and believe in myself. And then wherever it goes is where it's meant to go. Yeah, I mean, we we each are, are, are multitudes, right? We each have so much within us and we each forget that sometimes. We all go to the dark place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know... In in a time of crisis, someone like Zelensky really can't. He really can't. He really can't let himself go there for very long. And he definitely cannot show that, bring that forth, because that would be mirrored in the fearful part of everyone else. Yeah. Or that part. So, but for the rest of us, you know, I think we do go to, go to the dark place because we can. Mm. And then we have to remember that, that we also get to pull ourselves out of there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe stay there for shorter and it's shorter like periods said before. of time. Yeah. It's like what, yeah, it's like what you said before. It's really easy. It's really easy to be like, what's the point? Why even try? I'm just one person. I'm just one person. Somebody else will do what's it. What's the difference? Yeah. Yeah. Or who am I, right? Who am I? Mm-hmm. Who am I? And that's why his message of, right, that's why his message of I'm just an ordinary person, I'm just a regular person, and every ordinary person is the leader. Yeah. You know, when he was elected president, he said to, he said, all my fellow Ukrainians, you are each the president now. <laughs> you are each the president. you got to treat yourself with the importance of the president and hold yourself up to the standards of the president. And I think in our day and age, I think... I think that that's where we're coming to. Mm-hmm. I think we're coming to a more communal understanding of power. I don't think ultimately for the human race to triumph, I think power has to be shared. Yeah, I agree with you. Yep. 
leadership comes from within each one of us. Um, quote from your book, he gleaned a reality in which he, an ordinary person, as he called himself, could rise up and make a difference. And I know he would want not just the people of his country, but the people of the world to know that we can all rise up and make a difference. So what's next for you? Do you have another book coming? <laughs> Are you being pushed I mean, against your I'm will always... <laughs> towards a new direction? No, not this time. You know, sometimes the pushing comes from within too. Yeah. I, I write because that's what I do to, to find my balance. Um, and so, yeah, in the meantime, I have been writing another book <laughs> and we'll see, we'll see, we'll see where that one's meant to land. Yeah. Um, you know, right now I'm super excited about this one, uh, because I really feel this urgency to get that message out, to get the message. Um, and, and like you said, you know, this message doesn't belong to Zelensky and doesn't belong to Wayne Dyer and doesn't belong to any one person. Mm -hmm. But I think that the more ways we can get this message of empowerment, empowerment slash responsibility, right? It's both. Mm -hmm. The empower, great power, with great power comes great responsibility. When, once we understand that, we can't, we can't erase that from our minds. And I think that the more ways we can reach people with that message, the better it is for all of us, for the world. Because after all, we really are all one. Yeah. And so I'm just really excited to do my little part, my wee part in getting that message out. You were so fast, too. You really turned around this book very quickly. Of course, I have no idea how long you were working on it, but it seemed like you, you got it out really fast. And I think because it is such a timely message for us today. You know, this was a very easy book for me to write because um, it was all there mm -hmm. in a person who's been speaking. Um, and it's really interesting. He, his uh, his speechwriter got asked, you know, well, who who's the main person that writes Zelensky's speeches? And she said, the main person is him. Yeah. And other people have said about him that he speaks in finished thoughts. Like he's, he's, he's like a ready-made speech walking around so he's been giving these speeches for a long time and so he's been and he's been living this life this pretty miraculous life for for you know quite a while and so all of the information was there it really was I knew I was doing the right thing the whatever thing I was meant to be doing because it was just like picking up picking up little stones set set out for me and just putting them on paper it really was yeah um, things had lined up meant for to you. be well, well done uh, bravo. Yeah. So what's the best way for people Thank to reach you. you and get a hold of your book? I can be found at jessiecanzer.com. I'm at jessiecanzer on Instagram. I'm at Daily Dow on, uh, on TikTok. But all of that information lives on my website, jessiecanzer.com. And the book is called Unlocking Your Inner Zelensky, Lessons We Can All Learn from an Unexpected Leader. And if you just search, if you if you forget all that and you just Google search Inner Zelensky, my book comes up everywhere. It's available wherever books are sold, from your indie bookstores to Barnes & Noble and Amazon, and in every format. So I do hope people check it out. I also, I also, not to forget to mention, I'm going to be donating a chunk of my proceeds to United24, which is Zelensky's platform. I'm going to be donating to Rebuilding Ukraine. Beautiful. Because that, that'll be the next step. And so if you, you know, for anyone who has any interest, I really do 
this time I really do urge people to pick up a copy, whether it's for a friend, you know, you know, someone who's into Zelensky, you pick it up for them because a part of your proceeds, a part of, a part of the money you pay for this book will go to rebuilding Ukraine. I think that's a really important step. Yeah, that's a beautiful thing. Um, they could certainly use our, our support and, uh, I'm sure everyone will enjoy the book. And now I got to get the audio book too, cause that sounds amazing. Well, thank you so much for spending this time with me again today and inspiring us with your new book. For all our listeners, thank you for following Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life, and telling your friends about it. Until next time, take care of yourself and take care of each other. Namaste. Namaste. To learn more about this podcast, see upcoming events, or book a private reading, you can visit my website at nadiadelacruz.com. We have a monthly spiritual discussion group, and I would love for you to join us. You can also get the link to my YouTube channel with full video episodes and live recordings from the Wayne Dyer Wisdom community. If you enjoyed this show, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you soon. We spend a third of our lives sleeping and dreaming, yet most of us have no idea what goes on during that time. I'm Kelly Sullivan Walden, and as a dream expert and best-selling author, I'm here to empower you to mine the gold from your nighttime dreams. Join me on the Kelly Sullivan Walden Show, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until we meet again, don't take your dreams lying down.